Everything in the universe, uh, material or immaterial, living or non-living, is made of energy, and it's all just vibrating at different frequencies. So light is really fast, solid objects are really slow, but this um, energy is permeating everything, and that includes the human body. You know, I think we're taught that just because we're like covered in skin, <laughs> we're this separate system, and that everything that's going on inside of our bodies is um, contained and protected from any, everything that's outside of it. And, you know, Reiki suggests that that's not true, that just our physical beings are, um, like I said, just vibrating at a different frequency than the energy that's within and around us. And we can work with that subtle energy to help bring our physical body back into balance. Hello and welcome to episode number eight of the WooCast with Amber Astronauta. Amber is a Reiki master and highly empathic entrepreneur. Her mission is to empower the spiritually creative to expand and evolve through energy work and other practices of self-knowing. In this episode, we talk about what Reiki is and how energy healing can be the missing element in a lot of people's self-actualization work. We can talk about our issues and analyze them all we want, but when we add in using subtle energy work to dive deeper into the core issues, it's game-changing. So without further ado, here is Amber Astronauta on the WooCast. And Amber, welcome to the WooCast. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I'm really excited. Uh, I've been telling everybody I signed up for my first Reiki training, Reiki level one, here I come. Yes. And you are facilitating it. So I'm so excited to pick your brain and uh, just talk to you about Reiki and what it is. What is energy healing? I have so many questions for you. Um, so thank you for coming on. And this is the beginning, I hope, of a long lasting relationship. <laughs> and you're going to see a lot more of me when I start doing your training. So I can't I'm wait. Excited to have you there, Juliet. Yeah. So um, I would love for the listeners to know just a little bit more about you. Like, where are you from? What got you into woo? I'm just going to call it woo stuff. You know, like when was your first experience with thinking about some woo stuff? I love that. Yeah, so I'm originally from Southern California, um, and I grew up on an avocado and lemon orchard farm in the foothills off the beach. It was this really idyllic sort of like childhood um, experience, but uh, it got really expensive to live there as I grew into an adult. So I moved to Philly um, about 18 years ago. Um, and I think like... I didn't really have a moment of awakening. I know a lot of people have that like light bulb moment where everything they thought they knew about themselves and their lives sort of shifts and they get into the woo. <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's been like definitely a slow roll, like lifelong process. That's um, really interesting. What, what brought you to Philadelphia from Southern California? What what made you pick Philadelphia itself? It's like a 180 switch in terms of like weather and like attitude and everything. Totally. I know everyone's like, why? <laughs> um, when I moved to 
moved to Philly around like 2003. Um, it, it is a beautiful place and I really loved living in California, but um, it just became like really hard to live there as a young person. I was like working full time as a hairdresser just to pay my, um, for my apartment and my car, which I had to have. And um, it was just kind of like young and hustling and didn't really want to be doing that. I wanted a little bit more freedom. I wanted to be able to, you know, put myself through school. And so um, a friend of mine had actually moved to Philly the year before, just on a whim, because she's like a wild card and um, was really like, this place is amazing. We've got an extra room in my house. And, you know, if you've got a thousand dollars in your bank account and nothing else, like you can move it with me. Nice. I'm going to save that up. And then I turned around and just did it. That's awesome. Yeah. There ever since, yeah. That's what we always talk about Philadelphia as sort of being a sort of one of the best kept secrets on the East Coast. If you want to live yeah. on an East Coast, Northeast city, but you don't yeah. want to pay New York City or DC prices or Boston prices, you can come to Philly and enjoy all of the benefits without the uh, without the cost. Totally. And and I found that out like in real time. I was able to pay for school and this apartment and just get myself um, the kind of lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah, that's how I felt because I left New York. And a lot of people ask me that too. Why would you leave New York City to come to Philly? It's like, well, I was living off of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And <laughs> I, and all I did was work and I couldn't go out to dinners. I couldn't go ex- like explore the, you know, the sites. I basically was just hustling, hustling. And it, it's just so wearing on you. And yeah. you do want to feel like a sense of freedom when you're young and be able to explore and and not feel so held down and held back by your fine you know by like finances in that way so that's how I, I you know among many like other things a horrible breakup and everything I ended up in yeah and I was like I gotta get the hell out of here and my aunt had a room in outside of Philly and I was like and she's like well this is how much rent so cheap. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can do that. And just, I similarly, I just came to Philly. And when I got here, it was just like, it welcomed me with open arms. I don't know if it was just because it was the right place for me. I mean, I, I, it just was sort of magic and all the cool people I met and, you know, and similar to you, I didn't necessarily have like a, an awakening experience where I, you know, like an eat, pray, love where you're like crying on the floor and and praying, you know, to the, to the gods, like, please send me a sign. And then, right. you know, the next day something crazy happens. Like I never, you know, mine was always a slow roll and continues to be a slow roll. So it's nice to hear that because, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I do fantasize about like, ooh, you know, it'd be cool if something really like w- really woo and and just like in your face happened. But it doesn't always that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that, that your experience is less than other people's. Totally. And when you look back, like maybe at your life in New York or like when I look back to my time in California and my early days in Philly, like crazy stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have like the perspective or language to really wrap my mind around it. But like those moments of kind of like those life-changing experiences or those people that you meet that are always kind of like bumping you along, steering you in the right direction. They've been there all along. Yeah. Let's you know? talk about that. Would we call that like synchronicity? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that to the listeners. Cause that might be a word that 
people are hearing more, you know, but this synchronicity, what do you think that, what does that mean to you? Um, I think it's a matter of like, I don't know, it's a great area, synchronicity, coincidence, or like happenstance. I don't know these words. It's the idea that like a moment has bigger meaning than just what you're experiencing on the surface, right? You bumped into that person in line at the Wawa or whatever, for a week, <laughs> right? Not just because you're clumsy. I, I should speak for myself. Not just because I'm clumsy, but because I was meant to be there in that moment and to have that interaction. Um, for me, that's what synchronicity is. And when you um, connect the dots between lots of synchronicities in your life, it allows you to kind of see a path. And I think when you can see where you've come from, it helps you to see or like maybe even actively plot out where you're going. I think that's what people want, just like clarity and purpose. So yeah. I think these are like little mile markers along the way. Yeah. And I was just listening to someone recently talking about how you can simultaneously believe in synchronicity and um, manifesting your own reality while also being a healthy skeptic. Those things can coexist because I myself question a lot of things and I do have a healthy skepticism in terms of just the psychology of humans and understanding that we are meaning makers, right? So we could take anything and be and try to make meaning out of it and say, well, that was synchronicity. You know, I met this person and and then you can kind of well, I'm a Virgo, so I overanalyze everything. And then you can analyze that and be like, well, I could have just made all that meaning up about it. But some part of me, I'm speaking for myself, does think that there is something larger at play, but I still have a healthy skepticism about stuff. So, but I'm just for those who feel that similar, feel similarly, uh, those two things can coexist. You can be skeptical and you can still be open. Oh, 100%. I love how you put that. I consider myself a skeptic too. I think a healthy skeptic. Um, And you're absolutely right. We're always like trying so hard to make meaning out of things or to see something where maybe there isn't something deeper. But I think the fact that we do that, that we're like driven to do that and we want to do that, that is important, you know, and that is (laughs) the fact that we want to make meaning is meaningful. And we should, you know, give that some credit. Yeah. So when you ended up in Philadelphia, did you go back to school? You were here. How did you kind of, were you still doing, uh, were you still doing hair? How, what was your trajectory into energy work? Um, yeah, it's been like a meandering path. I went to school for anthropology, which was amazing. Totally not, um, relevant to hair, but, uh, it was, you know, I was partially just trying to check the box of getting my, you know, degree, but also really enjoyed um, learning linguistics and also just about like culture and how um, people around the world across time have created meaning out of their lives. Um, and then I moved to South America for like nine months. Um, and what part? Kind of- Um, I was in Argentina for six months and then traveled throughout the continent for another three. Wow. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I had met my, my now husband, who's my boyfriend at the time. And, uh, we just like needed a change. So we went out of here. Um, but 
we came back because Philly is just that city that calls you back. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that for Mackie and I, because we're about to move. And in May is the goal when our lease is up and we're, we're going to go to California and Colorado and kind of just decide and pick one. And I was like, future thinking like, is Philadelphia going to call us back? You know, I, I have no idea, but that thought did cross my mind because there's some, th- some safety here for sure. There's like yeah. a feeling of safety. So you met your husband there. You're now husband there. I met him here. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And then um, we went to South America together. Oh, you went together. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Any, yeah. any woo stuff while you were there? It's so funny to think back, like speaking of synchronicities, um, we met this British guy there who we ended up just being friends with. And um, he would always tell us about his wife who was um, from Buenos Aires and all of the weird things she would do. And we were like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, just growing up here, there are all these like little rituals and practices that she's um, learned from her grandmother and mother. She keeps like salt in the cupboards and she sprinkles it in the doorways. She hangs like dry herbs in particular areas of our house. And at the time, you know, this was like eight years ago now, I was like, what? That is so weird. And also like so cool. You know, as an anthropology major, I was like, you know, interested in where that stuff comes from. Uh now looking back as someone who like hangs herbs all around her house and <laughs> ways, I'm like, oh, that was totally like a little um a little moment. gateway for you. Totally, totally. <laughs> My mom always threw the salt over her left shoulder. Oh, yes. I love that. I don't even, I actually can't even tell you what that is. Do you know what that is? I think if you spill salt, you're supposed to throw some over your left shoulder just for good luck. Like if you spilled it, because it's yeah. valuable, it's also it's been like very valuable. Um, you don't want to like jinx yourself. So then that's the way of like. There you go, Mackie. You can't get mad at me when I throw salt over my <laughs> so left shoulder. Juliet, <laughs> Juliet just admitted that she's been throwing salt all around her kitchen for years and years and she didn't even know why. Well, I, I just knew that my mom told me to. I knew good luck, but I don't know where the like where it like comes from. I don't know. We'll These superstitions. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look yeah. that up. Where does salt over your left shoulder come from? I'm yeah. trying to think if there are any other ones that that's pretty much or knocking on wood, right? That's another one. Yeah. That's yeah, a, totally. Where does that, you know, there are all these things that we do and we feel compelled to do them. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know why. And yeah. then we realize like that we've been like low-key practicing magic our whole lives. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Everyone's everybody's a witch and you didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fascinating, you know, these cultures around the world that have these ancient uh, ideas and stories and practices that you know we kind of have forgotten in in America, and uh, yeah. I think it's it's really interesting to see more and more people are coming back to this kind of thing and and coming coming into this type of work and type of healing modalities and all these different things, and that's sort of what prompted us to start this podcast. But, you know, it's it's really interesting to see all of these ideas from all around the world, from all these ancient traditions coming back. I I think and I don't know, you know, what your take on is it is, Amber, but I think that human beings, aside from being meaning makers, we also are grounded in ritual and tradition and it makes us feel interconnected to each other and also to the greater whole. 
to what's, you know, beyond just this physical body, but there's something about grounding us in ritual. And when we don't have any of that, when we're just kind of like, I'm just free balling it, (laughs) then we don't feel as safe and as connected. Totally. I agree. I think we really crave familiarity. And when you've seen your mom throw salt over her shoulder every day, you know, you might think it's funny or question it, but at some point you start throwing salt over your shoulder because it's familiar. And I think you're right. It feels grounding. Yeah. So what was your first experience in a traditional woo modality and energy modality? Did you experience something for yourself? Work with a practitioner? Yeah. So a few years ago, I asked my husband for a Reiki treatment for my birthday because I had heard about it, but didn't really know what it was. And so I received, um, like a basic full body, like cleansing treatment. Um, and it was so cool because for the first time I really understood what it meant to experience like subtle energy and subtle, the subtle effects, um, of that kind of work. And, you know, the practitioner gave me some visualizations and some um, affirmations to leave with. So it was a beautiful experience. What is this subtle energy body that we have? Yeah, good question. Um, it's like hard to put into words, I think. But um, I'm just going to talk through the lens of Reiki because that's the modality that I use. Yeah. But um, this is just the word that the Japanese use to describe this thing, right? Universal energy, the subtle energy that flows through all of us. Um, Hindus call it prana, the Chinese call it chi. There's some nuance and difference in there, but the idea is that everything in the universe, uh, material or immaterial, living or non-living is made of energy and it's all just vibrating at different frequencies. So light is really fast solid objects are really slow, but this, um, energy is permeating everything. And that includes the human body. You know, I think we're taught that just because we're like covered in skin, we're this separate system and that everything that's going on inside of our bodies is, um, contained and protected from any, everything that's outside of it. And, you know, Reiki suggests that that's not true, that just our physical beings are, um, like I said, just vibrating at a different frequency than the energy that's within and around us. And we can work with that subtle energy to help bring our physical body back into balance. Now we had, uh, Elle Browning on our show who, you know, and, um, between L and Reagan, who we also had on talking about, um, L talked about auras. That's one of her specialties. And Reagan does tarot. That's one of her specialties of kind of connecting to the divine and, you know, or source, whatever you want to call it. Um, both of them highly recommend you and love you. And which is why you and I are now connected. I love just, I love how this is all, you know, there's so much kindness in this community when you start to work with light workers and healers and it's like, Oh, go to this person. They're amazing. And you know, both of them who I know separately from each other were like, you have to work, you know, you want Reiki, you're going to do Amber's level one Reiki training. And I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Great. It's all set. Like I thought about it and, and it's happening. Um, but in terms of, I was thinking about what Elle was saying on, um, a show we had about auras talking about how it's coming 
out from it's outside of your body. And I guess we could call that like the energy field, right? How large is that field? Because I've heard practitioners that I've worked with. um, And I guess at the time, I didn't even realize I was receiving Reiki because not everybody calls it that. They might call it just hands-on energy work. I had um, a massage when we were on a trip and it was... um, what was it called? Oh man, it was, oh, a channeled massage. So yeah. And I was like, I want that. This sounds really good. And, uh, but it was like her, you know, she was doing a combination of Reiki, but also channeling my guides, my higher self to support whatever I needed to work on. And my body was kind of the guide of, and where in my body am I holding on to things? And I'm, and I want to, pick your brain more on that when you're working with clients. But this idea of this energy field, right? Is that the same as an aura? Is that separate from an aura? Are they kind of, are they interchangeable terms that we're using? Yeah, that is a great question. From my perspective, oh, first of all, shout out to Regan who has given me Reiki and is incredible. Yes. My business coach and also has been transformative in my practice. So thank you to both of them. Yes, they're both amazing. (laughs) Yes. Um, the, about the aura and the energy field, I think from elementally differently, but from my perspective, the aura is a, the name for the energy field as it comes off of the body. So, you know, all of our organs and systems, everything going on inside of our skin, you know, is um, creating, you know, heat and off and it's um, off-putting energy. And that comes off of our skin. This is um, measurable by like, photography and also like heat sensing tools right um so i think that people like l who can see an aura they're seeing that outline of the energy as it comes off of the body and yes i think that is the energy field that's something that can be detected yeah and then this idea of the energy field being either close to the body or far away from the body kind of this sense of like are you closing yourself and protecting yourself or are you really open not that there is one is better than the other but i find that to be really really interesting and going back to that channeled massage i had one of the things that the practitioner kept saying to me is like damn, your energy field is really, really hard for me to get through. Like you're just so protected and it's not a bad thing, but she's like, normally I'd be able to get through this guy and support you. And it's like, it's just, maybe it's not the right, you know, you're, there's something that you're holding on to, you know, you're not ready to ready to let go of. And I would, I would love to hear just in terms of things when, you know, this is a big question, but when you're working with people's energy, um, what does it feel like? You know, is there a physical sensation you have? Do you see things? Yeah. So for me, I usually will see my mind just like kind of works in metaphor. So I usually see an image that, um, in ways represents the quality of their energy field. So the same way your practitioner said, you know, your energy is really closed or really kind of like dense, hard to get through. Um, for me, maybe I would see like a tree stump or something that was, that shared those same qualities, um, in a recent session, 
I saw this really active spider. All of these little spider legs were kind of going crazy. And then I noticed over time that they had, um, they were unwinding, untangling a really dense ball of dental floss. Wow. <laughs> so the spider was sort of like working on this dental floss. And um, when I shared that with the client, she said, yeah, you know, I do have a real tightness in my low belly. And um, through this session, being able to relax and let go, I've started to feel it dissipate. And so I'm running all over the place. I have so many balls in the air right now that I think, um, you know, my own energetic field has been really, like you said, kind of tight and protected. Um, But I really need to open that up. So I receive an image that kind of parallels the quality of the person's energy in the moment. Wow. And I'm sure people come to you with, I'm just here because I don't even know why I'm here. I'm interested in having a session, right? Versus others who may come back, you know, over and over again to receive more treatments. They might be working on something particular, right? Like I'm having a physical or mental ailment or discomfort, and I really want to work with energy. And why would you recommend energy work to people? you know, versus, and I don't think, I don't think it's exclusive in terms of it's either energy work or it's not, you know, I think that, I think that there, you know, it's, um, it takes a village. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you have your, your care team on board with you. Yeah. yeah. I recommend energy work because I needed it so bad. I've had like, and this is part of the like unraveling of my awakening or whatever over time. I've had such a, a series of such bad um, experiences with modern medicine, um, with just the attack of an issue from like a really aggressive physical, you know, approach. Um, I was coming off birth control a few years ago and my, you know, hormones were, um, trying to rebalance out naturally. And it was a bumpy ride. And the doctor was just giving me different medications that (laughs) weren't even relevant that, you know, tests I didn't need. Um, and it wasn't working. Um, I also, before I was doing energy work, worked in tech and the stress of my job and the physical manifestations of that made me like really terrible back pain. My doctor sent me to a physical therapist that just made it worse. And I felt like I didn't really know where to go or how to take care of myself. And it was energy work. I put myself in Reiki one because I just didn't know how else to, you know, get past some of these um, physical issues. And I started to see subtle, slow, but very um, effective shifts in my health. Wow. Yeah. And you know, what I mean, what I mean by it takes a village is what you're saying in terms of it's not, you know, we don't all come to energy work as the, like the first thing as being like, yeah. this is the, this is going to be the thing that's going to heal me. And I think that there's, it's, it's multiple modalities, right? Depending on what is going on in your body. And, you know, you went to physical therapy and maybe if your issue was localized to where you did a workout and you hurt yourself in a workout, that physical therapy would have been the thing that helped you. But this was deeper. It was it was like there were layers that had to get peeled back to really get to this the real core of the issue, which was that your energy was all over the place. Not or you could say your chi, right? Was you know in Chinese medicine it wasn't flowing 
properly. It was like stuck energy and it was stuck in your, and it was radiating out talking to you saying, Hey, something's happening here. I having, you know, this pain and it's because you were out of balance. Totally. And we're taught, you know, and my doctor told me, let's, you know, deal with that specific thing. Let's look at your back and work on your back from a, you know, physically. And you're absolutely right. It wasn't about my back. It was about the fact that I was in a job that was out of alignment for me. I was stressed out. I was, um, you know, becoming a person that I didn't feel good about because my job required me to give and give and give and, um, make a lot of compromises. And, um, but you're right. My body was telling me it's time to get out of here. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about that. And do you find that there are different areas of the body that are telling like, you know, in terms of if it's the back, if it's your chest is tight, if you're getting headaches, you know, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on that different parts of our body and what they tell us. Yeah. So, um, from a Reiki perspective, there are some like really specific, um, techniques that you can use, um, to treat specific issues. So if you have headaches and it's about um, anxiety or stress, there's a specific technique for treating that. Um, for me, honestly, it's been a lot less granular, a lot less like specific for that than that. Um, I think I've experienced my body and my clients as like just this one big fluid system. I feel like whether you have tightness in your chest or stress in your knees or whatever the case is, grief, um, anxiety, working with the body as a whole is more effective, I think, than um, spot treatment. That being said, you know, if you have, you know, tightness in your chest because you recently lost a loved one, uh, this is obviously about grief and we start there, but then it's about full body balance. Yeah. Because the body works all together synergistically, just like nature works all together synergistically. And we mirror that, which is really amazing. I also love that when you have these visualizations, um, they are, you're picturing nature, a tree, a spider, you know, Mm -hmm. we're very interconnected with all of these creatures and plant plant life. Do you always visualize natural things or is it sometimes like shapes and colors and things like that? Definitely colors, which, um, you know, in Reiki, because it's Japanese, um, colors are not necessarily associated with the chakras or like specific energies the same way they are, um, in other traditions, but I will see colors and, um, can kind of make some sense about how they feel. Orange feels warm and kind of quick and kind of aggressive, whereas like purple feels slow and gentle. Um, But I do see other things besides nature. Um, One recent image was like, I have these, you know, those jars that you keep like flour, coffee and tea and on Mm -hmm. the countertop in the kitchen. Yeah. I saw those and it's like, they're all different sizes, right? There's a small, medium and a large, and they were um, full of the different grains or whatever you keep in them at different levels. And through the energy session and the discussion with the client, um, we came to a sort of conversation around the different levels of different types of energy within her body. So does that answer your question? 
Yeah. So you saw like a vi- like a visual representation of what she was feeling. And I'm sure yeah. sometimes you're like, I'm not even sure how to make sense of this, but hey, this is what I'm seeing. Does this resonate with you in any way? Uh, yeah, totally. And I, I, you know, always tell my clients this, you know, when I've worked with them is you are your own healer. You have the keys to unlock the door that has the answers to what your healing is. So it's, you know, you're creating this healing experience with the practitioner. They're there to be the guide and the support system, but you're the one who really has the answer. And I believe the best practitioners are the ones who do that. They ask you those really amazing high mileage questions. And Mm -hmm. then it's up to the client to make sense of that. And when you really feel like you're, you know, answering your own question, everything comes together a lot more because you can't, you can't tell someone this is your problem. You know, they have to, they have to feel that for themselves and align with that. And when you tell someone, this is your problem, um, I know that and you didn't, it just adds to their anxiety, but totally talk about, um, healthy skepticism. You know, I used to have a lot of self doubt around the things that I would experience in an energy session. Like, why am I thinking about, um, a spider right now when I'm treating this woman, why am I thinking about like a jar full of green? Like, maybe I'm just thinking about the fact that I need to like restock my quinoa and like, you know, I used to really have a lot of questions around that, but you're right. Like as soon as I started just kind of dropping my ego and sharing what it is that I experienced with people and just letting them pick it up wherever they are, it is incredible. It really shows you that we all um, have, you know, common experiences, we can all look at symbolism like a spider and come to some kind of conclusion about its meaning and its symbolism for us. And when you right, when you allow the person that you're treating to make those connections themselves, the healing is so much quicker and so much more effective. I'm not going to tell you what the spider means. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it's really you being the person asked those right questions. Um, I love that you're talking about visualization because um, many years ago, I worked with uh, a visualization and imagery therapist and he was freaking incredible. Shout out to my therapist, Bob, who is now retired and living on a lake, living his best life. (laughs) We need to reach out to Bob. Uh, I loved him so much. And what I I just, he was a gentle soul. He was a Buddhist and he used, um, he went to school for art therapy and he used imagery and visualization to really help his patients. And, um, he used to take me on these like guided meditations and, just ask me, you know, what is, what am I seeing in my mind's eye? And the craziest things would come up and things that, that, you know, that skeptical side of me would be like, like, why the fuck is Winnie the Pooh here? You know? (laughs) And like, what is Winnie the Pooh here to tell me? And then he would just ask me, well, one, what is Winnie the Pooh saying? You know? And it would be some of the most profound healing experiences that I've ever had in terms of connecting with my inner child. Um, trauma that I had kind of locked away from so many years ago and meeting myself, you know, in the past 
but as my mm-hmm. present self, um, you know, what one would call a soul retrieval. And, you know, if you're talking about like more shamanic work, but um, it doesn't have to be labeled as as such, you know, we did it in, in his way, you know, which was just through a guided meditation and visualization. But, um, but the meaning that I, I was able to make of some of those things that were often so bizarre, like an alligator or Winnie the Pooh, like I still remember some of them to this day that were just like, why, you know, why is that coming into my mind? I have no idea. But, um, you know, from there, it would just take me on this crazy journey into Mm -hmm. healing parts of myself um, Mm -hmm. and leaving those sessions like, wow, I feel better. I feel less anxious. I feel like I got rid of some of that grief that I was carrying around with me in a much different way than just talking about your story over and over again, which um, for, you know, when you go to, you know, traditional talk therapy, which I do think is wonderful as well, but it, only can sort of like bring you to a place of, and and I'm not sure what your opinion on this is, but of like being able to like analyze and understand, you know, and um, intellectualize your experience. Totally. That was my experience too. Yeah. I've been to talk therapy a couple of times and it was effective. I think anytime you get what's inside of your head or inside of your body out, it is really helpful and balancing to your energy. So being able to like, yeah, tell your story um, is a great place to start. But I think you're right that it um, asks you to intellectualize your experience and to kind of um, logically come up with ways to change your behavior or your perspective. Whereas something like visualization, when you get creative and you allow yourself to um, connect to sides of yourself that you don't always show or look at yourself, um, you get to a deeper layer underneath that. Now, do you ask your clients when you're doing Reiki um, to have visualization or is it all coming from you as the practitioner having the visualizations? So we start every session with a short guided meditation that allows them to visualize Reiki energy um, coming into their body and moving through their system. Um, And in Reiki training, uh, we do a lot more um, guided visualizations. That's amazing. I had an experience last night and I thought it was timely in talking to you today because it was an experience of actually feeling energy in my body. Um, I've been feeling like the last few days, especially a lot of this almost like anticipatory anxious energy, like really strange energy. And I've actually had other people reach out to me to tell me the same, which makes me nervous when everybody's feeling a weird like, and and, know we're coming up on the winter solstice tomorrow and there's like a big astrological event happening. Um, It's what Jupiter... Jupiter and Saturn, and Saturn are converging and yeah. it's like, woo! apparently that's just going to be like a lot of movement for people. Yeah. Um, and like the age of Aquarius we're coming into, like there's so much happening and it's exciting. But again, it's almost like you're about to go on the roller coaster. Do you know that mm-hmm. feeling where you're like, wow. okay, anticipating like the, the thing that's about to happen. And I have no idea what the thing is. And I mean, I could say in my own life, there's a lot for us that's happening in terms of us, like leaving our jobs and maybe moving and all this stuff. Um, but it feels more like it's happening to other, other people too. It doesn't just feel like my own thing. But last night I was like trying to just tune in, like, where is this energy right now? And it was in my chest and my throat just like in that area, just just like, that's a lot of where anxiety, you know, and 
like your like tightness happens. And so I began to like bang on my chest with my fist, you know, and which is something almost like a, you know, EFT, like a tapping technique. And what I, when I was doing it, my entire chest was vibrating like crazy vibratory energy when I was doing it. And it felt good. Like it was like actually spreading the energy out from just being localized into this one place. And my right hand was also vibrating like crazy electricity through my hand and my chest. And honestly, that was one of the first times I've ever experienced something like that on myself. And I thought, whoa, well, I get to talk to Amber tomorrow. So I'm so curious what her thoughts are on that. Oh, I think that is like a beautiful and very clear example of you healing yourself through energy work. I mean, I think the idea of energy work sounds so like out there. Woo-woo. like Juliet, you were doing it and you were doing it intuitively and you were having a really powerful experience. And I think what's so brilliant is that you asked yourself, you said, I'm feeling some kind of way where is that showing up in my body. And what's just one simple thing I can do for myself in this moment, when your body vibrating like that, your hand and your chest responding, that is just a signal from your own body that you are doing the right thing. It's coming up, it's coming out. You know, we do this stuff as little kids, right? We we tap on ourselves. I love tapping, by the way. We tap on ourselves. We shake our legs for no reason. You know, when we're sitting on the ground, we'll just shake our legs. You see little kids doing oh, yeah. this. And our parents will say, sit still. Or like, stop banging on your chest. Or, you know, whatever. Stop chewing on your finger. Whatever little kids' mechanisms are, right? So we get this sort of conditioned out of us. And, you know, like yourself, I'm learning as an adult that these really simple mechanisms that look kind of crazy are actually exactly what our bodies need us to do to heal ourselves. So that's amazing. Yeah. There was a a technique um, I learned like a wiping technique where you're just like, you know, you're wiping, like pretending like you're wiping things off of you. And I think for anybody that works with people a lot, or, you know, if you're, you know, for Mackie and I, we were teaching like a lot of fitness classes with people and, you know, energy kind of like is residual. It gets like stuck on you a little bit if you don't really know how to wipe it off. And I, it's like, oh, I wish I knew this sooner. Like I would have been like literally going into my office at the end of the day, just like wiping myself down. But you know, yeah. like showers, things like that, like cleansing yourself from, from energy. Um, I was, I never did that stuff. And I always w- wondered why I would feel so drained a lot from working with people. And, um, I didn't have any techniques or to that I was uti- utilizing at the time. Um, another thing I was thinking of was because um, I went to school for theater, and before you go on stage, it was just such a such a thing where you'd like shake out your hands, shake out your yeah. legs, like you have to get rid of some of this energy in order to be able to focus and get on stage and be present. Totally, I love that. That is a perfect example, and it reminds me of this idea that like. Animals that are um, like hunted, like we'll say like a gazelle, right? It is running for miles being chased by the cheetah or whatever. And if it can hide and outrun, not outrun the cheetah, but if it can get away and hide, it will spend like 20 to 30 minutes on the ground shaking. Wow. And it does that on purpose because of all of the adrenaline and cortisol and other gazelle hormones that its body has um, released in order to get away from the predator, it needs to bring it back down. It needs to allow it to dissipate. And so it spends that time shaking so that it can get up, 
and now get back home, you know, safely. And we don't give ourselves that time. You know, when you're talking about teaching a class and coming home and not wiping it off, it's like, we don't give ourselves that time to like, let it all go, shake it out. And so we just operate all the time on this low level or high level um, stress response. But things like energy work or other practices, you know, wiping it off, allow you to um, bring yourself back down. It's really important. Yeah, I heard something many, many years ago. And, you know, everybody makes up every, every everything is made up, guys. Just so you know, <laughs> question, question everything. At some everything. point, somebody made it At up. At some point, somebody made it up. But <laughs> but it's whatever resonates with you, right? And um, this resonated with me a lot. Therapists, um, people who are working, especially one-on-one with clients, um, physicians, any kind of practitioner, for every like one hour of work with someone one-on-one, it really is like two hours energetically. Mm-hmm. And right. thinking back to when I was personal training, like back to back to back, you know, and like burning myself out, it would be, if I saw 10 people, I'm like, oh my God, how the hell was I doing that? You know, um, no wonder I was so out of whack. <laughs> Especially in those days when you you couldn't afford to be picky and choosy about who you're working with. Oh yeah, just take anybody. I just be like, I the need street. the money and off, yeah, just anyone off the street. Come on in. <laughs> they got the money to pay. We'll train them. I mean, yeah, that was a lot of my <laughs> when early twenties. Yeah, yeah, and when you're young and when you're starting a business or like even just whatever in America under capitalism, we're we're taught to do this. You know, hustle, stack it up, make the money, do do as much as you can. And yeah, whether it's like aging or just burnout or just awakening, we realize that that is actually not the goal. Yeah. What have you awakened in yourself through practicing Reiki and learning when you were like doing your Reiki what, one and there's Reiki two and there's Reiki three, right? And Reiki four. And four. How many How yeah. is that? Is, a, is four. four is the highest level? So. Yeah, I would love to just hear a little bit about that, that progression and what it opened up for you. Yeah, so so many things. Um, In Reiki 1, I really was introduced to the idea of energy work. And like I mentioned, just how effective like subtle techniques can be in treating um, what feels like really extreme like health imbalances. Um, And also that's where I sort of was introduced to the idea of like community when doing this work. You know, there were six people in my class plus my teacher. And I was doing this thing that felt really weird and really vulnerable with other people who felt the same way. And that in itself was so powerful. You know what I mean? Like being able to drop our fears and our egos and just like put our hands on each other. I mean, it's pretty powerful. Um, In Reiki 2, you learn... Um, more advanced techniques and skills. And so your practice just gets a little bit more deeper. And um, in Reiki three and four, you learn even more techniques and skills and then also how to teach Reiki. And one of the most powerful things I think that process has taught me, which isn't necessarily energetic healing, is the power of sharing what you learn not being afraid to talk about what you're going through and 
putting it out there from your own perspective, even if you don't have it all figured out yet. I started teaching Reiki as soon as I was certified. I started giving Reiki treatments to other people as soon as I could, um, even though I was still kind of clumsy or not totally sure how it worked for me. Um, because I think that the value that you get out of those early experiences and the feedback that you get from other people really help me grow. Yeah. I was just thinking about that in terms of like dropping the ego. I think a lot of us are conditioned to want to wait on something until we are the best at it, you know, and um, we hold ourselves back. And we were just talking to a friend of ours um, who is a videographer and uh, because we're, we're going to start making some videos and, and um, we want to like document our trip when we go to California and Colorado and just like, yeah, we just want it to be like a creative experience and share with people what we're doing. And we were asking him for some advice on how to put, you know, these short videos together. And he was saying, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I can give you coming from someone who went to school for filmmaking. And he's like, I held myself back so much by waiting to be like better and waiting to be good at my craft and held onto my material until I thought that like it was right. And by the time I would come out with this video or this film, it was almost like it lost its like pizzazz because yeah. it wasn't so fresh and exciting as it was in the moment. So he yeah, was the moment like, was gone. He's like, just do it in the moment. It doesn't matter if you're not amazing at it. Um, just put out the work, just put out the content, put out the work, share with people um, and the rest will follow and you'll get better as you go. And, you know, I think that that's, that's a, that's just a great piece of advice for anyone who is, learning right now that like beginner mindset it's hard because a lot of us have we have so much ego around you know what we produce and how it looks to other people totally i love that example and i think that's what i like about reiki so much is that the perspective is not that you are healing someone you as a healer are doing the work of healing someone else like affecting their energy you are just serving as a channel the energy is there that person's body is intelligent and the connection that you're making either in person or across space and time is what's effective and so this idea that you've got to come up you know you've got to show up perfectly or you've got to do or say something really wild or really cool. Um, Reiki doesn't care about any of that. It's like, just show up. Reiki is doing the work. It's not about you. And that took off so much pressure for me. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I love that. Just be the channel. (laughs) And what that really means dropping the ego. Like you must have to, that's a practice, right? When you're working with, with a client, like being like, okay, I'm not the avatar Amber, the Reiki master, right? I am an energetic, like I'm receiving from something. I'm a channel for this person to heal. Yeah. I'm just facilitating this process that it's happening between you and the universe. I don't even need me. You can do this yourself. 
But the extra layer of having someone bring compassion and intention to you is that much more powerful. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, people could work out themselves, right? So much better if you like have a buddy or a trainer, someone you can like, you know, and you can bounce off. Here's what I'm thinking and feeling. And just like having that receptor, like somebody just, just be like, that's amazing. You know, tell me more about that. Like we're, you know, we're meant to be with other people and to share with other people. So it's a beautiful thing when you can, when you can have a, like a trusted practitioner to work with, with this stuff. Uh, one thing I know, uh, Mackie and I were talking about was working with people, um, who are maybe not in the right mental or state or energetically kind of like off and how that can like leave yeah. This all stemmed from years ago. Somebody was, that I knew was in a Reiki training course and they said, hey, can I practice on you? And I I knew them well enough to the point where I, like, I didn't necessarily want them messing with my energy. I was a little bit nervous about that. So how as somebody who's coming to this, maybe they haven't tried Reiki before, you know, how how do you suggest they pick a practitioner and, you know, find something they feel comfortable with. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about that guy at the Omega Institute with the ponytail. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> he, was, he was an amazing masseuse and we talked about the Anunnaki and the <laughs> like Weird shit. Yeah, it was great. That no. was good. Oh, wait, maybe it wasn't him, but I remember I've had multiple experiences, not they weren't Reiki, but just massage with, um, you know, in it where it was just like a one-off kind of massage where I felt like fucked up after. So, uh, you know, when you go to a, a random spa, let's say on vacation and uh, you're, yeah, let me get a one hour massage and you get paired up with a random person. Yeah. I would love your like input on that. Like, because it is somebody like touching you and their energy is going I don't, on you into you. Like, what? Yeah. This is such a good question. And it is like part of my mission to um, address this question. Love it. it. Um, So there's a few things going on here Um, in energy work. Absolutely. There are systems and practitioners who are, are working on manipulating your energy through their own energetic system. And if they are not in a good place, and they are putting that on you, then that can be a bad experience, right? Because we know that energy wants to match energy. So if your energy is really high and theirs is low and they are intending their energy on you, it'll bring yours down. Not good, right? Reiki is comes from a totally different perspective. Reiki is like, it doesn't matter what's going on with me. Reiki energy is pure and healing and high vibration and everything that our bodies need in order to heal themselves. So I could have had a bad day as your practitioner. I'm not putting that on you. That's amazing. That's good to hear and comforting. Yeah. Yeah. So, but people haven't had experiences, right? Like, Oh, I got a Reiki treatment and um, it was a bad vibe and I didn't like my practitioner. That might be that person, that practitioner, you know, affecting your energy, but it's not Reiki. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, Because everybody can read each other's energy. And if you're sensitive to that, then if you're with someone that's like in a shitty place, then you're going to, especially if you're like more empathic and you, 
I'm very sensitive to other people. I tend to like take on their feelings because yeah, we match energy. And it's like, well, it's kind of weird if I'm like, woo, I'm so happy today. I'm having the best day ever. And then I'm like hanging out with someone who's in a really, really shitty place it's inappropriate almost. You can't be that, you know, you got to go down to like the Eeyore level. Totally. <laughs> Another yeah. Winnie the Pooh reference. I don't know what's happening with me. It's my child. It's my guy. I guess it's like my child guide. I watched Winnie the oh. Pooh when I was little. Piglet um, and Tigger are coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> next up. <laughs> um, it's like innocence, right? That's what Winnie the Pooh reminds me of. It's like innocence. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's sweet. It's sweet. Um, no, that's incredible. Uh, any other questions about Reiki? So if somebody, somebody out there listening, they've heard of Reiki, maybe they're in the spot that you were, uh, before your birthday present wait years and years ago, they've heard of Reiki, they're intrigued, but they don't know where to get started. Where do you suggest they get started? Yeah. So I think that it's important for you to do some research on practitioners so that you at least have an idea of, um, whether or not the person's vibe <laughs> is, you know, interesting to you. Um, and then I think get a treatment. There is no harm in getting a treatment. Reiki's not going to hurt you. Um, if anything it is going to be interesting and, you know, hopefully it's going to be super healing. So, um, getting a treatment is a great place to start. Reiki can be, um, shared across time and space. So even in a pandemic, we can treat each other from, um, different locations. Oh, that's awesome. Good to know. Yeah. And, um, so I think just, just going for it, just get a treatment, see how it goes, um, come with an open mind and just a willingness to feel better because you will. Um, and then if you're interested in learning how to practice Reiki on yourself or other people, um, Reiki level one is my favorite class to uh, teach. It's a really good place to start. Being able to practice it on yourself sounds really fascinating because it seems like, uh, and you mentioned, uh, when you had your first, uh, your, your first experiences with it, things are, are subtle at first, you know, you kind of gradually feel the changes over time. And it's sort of, sort of like brushing your teeth. You don't just brush your teeth once and then oh, have cavity free for the rest of my life. You need yeah, to. Yeah, you do. Matthew's cavity free. He's like 40 years old. Well, that's because I brush my teeth. <laughs> I brush my teeth every day. Consistency. <laughs> <laughs> So, but that Reiki one sounds amazing because you can do it on yourself on a daily basis or whenever you feel like you need it. Totally. And you know what, as much as I would love to give people Reiki every day and, you know, that's my business, what is really, um, the most important to me is getting this tool into your hands because when you can do it yourself, honestly, I know this sounds like out there, but like you become a better person, you know, and I yeah. think like, we all need everybody to be their best. And if you can put a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly for five minutes every day or for 30 minutes once a week or whatever the case is, um, I need you. I need you out in that world. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, just the thought of putting my hand on my heart and my hand on my belly for five minutes. I mean, I feel better already just thinking about it. Totally. It's, yeah, it's a way that you can nourish yourself. Yes, we need nourishment from other people, but really like it needs to come from inside of ourselves. And we have all these tools uh, that, that we can activate and 
I'm really excited because like I said earlier, I am joining Amber for Reiki level one this coming January. So if y'all want to join with me, I would love, love, love to have more people in this class that I know. Um, and we can be vulnerable with each other and do this amazing practice together. So, um, if they, I can't remember the exact date, it's in my calendar, but when does the, when it's four, there's four days, right? Four weeks. Yeah. So Reiki one starts on January 13th and it's four Wednesdays. So the 13th, 20th, 27th, and February 3rd, it's from seven to 9 PM. That's Eastern time each week. Um, it's on zoom. So it's remote and there are still spots open. Um, I've taught this class online in the pandemic a couple of times now. And at first, you know, because I used to teach it in person. And at first I thought, oh, this would be a little tricky online, but, you know, Reiki works across time and space, so it's all good. And I sort of reformatted the materials to um, work online. And oh my God, it has been so awesome. <laughs> it has been so cool to meet online and to see the effect that the practice, the meditations, the community have had in such a quick um, amount of time. So cannot um, recommend it enough. And I'm so excited to have you, Juliet. And yes, if you would like to join us, please yeah. let me know. I can't wait. And that's the next day after our, when we finish Reiki one, the next day we fly out to California. So it's cool. I'm like going to finish my Reiki and then we're going to go out to California and explore and, and see if it's right for us um, to live there or to live in Colorado or to not live in any of those places. I have no idea, guys. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. Where in California are you guys going? We're going to, so we're flying into San Francisco and then we're gonna, we're just gonna drive like in around Northern California. We're really interested in the Santa Cruz area. Um, there's something like the Redwood Forest. Uh, I feel like very connected to them. Like, I don't know if I live there in another lifetime. But when I like meditate and when I close my eyes, I am in the Redwood Forest. Okay. Big Basin National Park. That is where you gotta go. All okay. right. We're checking it out. It's on the list. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That, that area is amazing. Santa Cruz reminds me a lot of Ventura, my hometown in, in Southern California. Um, it's a really just dreamy, coastal, natural, beautiful place. You're going to love it. Yeah, that's really what it's about. I just want to be in a more of a natural environment, um, whether that's temporary, whether that's for a long time, who knows, but that's just where we need to go for, for now. Yeah. And it's perfect timing. You'll have your Reiki practice to support you as you go through all of this change. <laughs> I know. I know. I cannot wait. And then tell me, um, before we end, what the vibe check is that you do with people, this a one hour private session? Yeah. So vibe check is just the name for a private energy work session. Um, the idea is that we meet for an hour remotely um, for now. And um, you're welcome to share with me if there's something specific you're going through. We talked about like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual stuff. Um, or maybe you're just coming for a general session. Um, I also incorporate astrological energies. So whatever is going on in the sky right now, cosmically, um, we'll look at how that is related to what you're going through, how that shows up in your birth chart. And we can work with that as sort of a prompt for your session too. 
And then we do the energy work. You chill out in your house, you get yourself comfortable, you relax, you let go. And I do my thing here in my house. And then um, at the end of the hour, we come back and you have the chance to share any experiences you might've had, um, any questions that may have come up. And then um, with your permission, I'll share my experiences and um, oftentimes visualizations that um, I have received for you too. And then afterwards, I'll follow up with an email that just gives you some notes. So you don't have to remember everything we talked about. I'll put that in your email and um, any suggestions I might have for follow-up care. Love it. All right. Last question. Since you did bring this up with uh, looking at, you know, astrology and using that to, you know, support people and, you know, where they are in this moment. So what do you think is happening right now? Tomorrow is the <laughs> 21st of December. It's the winter solstice. And yeah, I would love to hear just, you know, a, a couple of words on that before we end the show. Yeah. So the winter solstice is the day that, you know, the days start to get longer. So although it's the beginning of winter, it is the moment when, you know, every day we get a couple more minutes or seconds of daylight. Um, so that sort of anticipation you're feeling leading up to this is really relevant. It's just the anticipation of a shift, right? Literally the earth's axis is shifting. That's what happens at a solstice. Um, we had an eclipse last week. Eclipses oftentimes stir up energy. Um, and you're right that today, at 9 a.m., we had the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, um, which only happens every couple of decades. And this time, it's closer than it's been in hundreds of years. So all of this sort of meaningful astrological activity happening at one time, it just makes us feel a little bit stirred up, a little bit ungrounded. But, you know, from my perspective, the cycles of the planets are always supportive. And if you're feeling anticipation or you're feeling um, a little bit like the weight of these energies, um, perhaps it's an invitation to, you know, focus on self-care. Perhaps it's an invitation to slow down. Um or to use that energy as like motivation to, to keep moving, you know, right now, I know I've been feeling it for like a month and I moved too. I just moved and, um, have been doing a lot of work on my business. So I've been just kind of writing it. And I think for me, the solstice is going to be, um, maybe an energetic crash, but like in a good way, mm. a way to mellow out. Yeah. I invite people into that crash. Yeah. You know, mellowing out I, is good. I don't think that, you know, I think we, you know, a lot of uh, conditioning. We talk, I'm probably going to use that word in every single show we have, because I, I think that's part of like the work for me to support people with, including myself. When I talk about the work for other people, I'm, I'm talking about it for myself too over here. Okay. Oh, but yes. like, we're just really conditioned to push, push, push. And when you do live, especially in a place like the Northeast, where it's cold and dark and we have a winter, that is a really great time to mellow out and to write and to be, do more like um, crafts, recreative stuff, whatever that is. But, um, we hold ourselves back from that a lot of times and we, we push when it's not like appropriate to push. And so this is like a really good time to lean into that and be okay with that and sleep a little longer on a Sunday if you can things, you know, um, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Nature told us what to do. Yeah. I was in a coma last night, like for real. I woke up 
like 10 hours later and I was like what the action like I was so foggy you know when you just like her and I had like a crazy dream and I was like I wrote yeah. I wrote it down because I was like this is so like wild dreams are also I'm sure very telling I, I mean I think they are for you to be able to analyze your own dreams it's always fun to have somebody else do it but you really know you know what it's okay. telling you you know um, especially if you write them down and you see there are themes because oftentimes it will be like themes in your dreams that are there to tell you something. It's really, Even really cool. Just one little thing you remember, like this animal that you saw or this feeling that you had, you don't have to remember the whole dream. Sometimes that's hard for me, but it's like, if I just remember one second or one image and write that down, it'll come up and there will be a pattern. And, it, and I always find that meaningful. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, this was so awesome. This I can't, I can't wait Thank you. for us to hang out every Wednesday night. And uh, maybe some of our listeners will also come hang out with us on Wednesday nights for Reiki level one. So excited. Um, or get a one hour vibe check sesh with Amber. Uh, we'll have all of the information in the show notes uh, and where you can find Amber, but you're on Instagram. That's where I've been connecting with you. What's your IG handle? Yeah, Instagram at Amber Astronauta. So it's like astronaut with an A at the end. Yeah, you have the coolest last name ever, by the way. Oh, that's not my real last name. Oh, wait, I was yeah, like, her last name's right there. Oh, I didn't look. Oh, yeah, that's your last name to me. <laughs> wait, where is that? So, so then tell me, where does that come from? The astronauta. When okay, this is funny. When I was like in the nineties, I'm forty. Okay, so in the nineties, when we first got the internet and it was like AOL, instant messenger, my screen name was Amber Astronaut. And when I started this business and was trying to figure out what to call myself, um, that was taken. And so I just stuck an A on the end. That's amazing. I was like, oh, she has a really cool Italian last name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Astronada. I have no idea. No, I love it, actually. Um, well, oh, my uh, AIM name, because we were talking about this recently with people, because it's like they're so embarrassing. You know, your AOL and your AIM name. Mine was Ska Punker Skater 88 with like all eights, you know, like wasn't I didn't spell the word skate. It was just SK8. I'm like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> Avril Lavigne realness. Oh, yes. you should see what I looked like, too. I looked like a Avril Lavigne realness, but much scarier, actually. <laughs> <laughs> bondage pants for days in high school yeah. Gwen Stefani, yes oh I was there too. love Gwen Stefani <laughs> <laughs> anti-aging Gwen Stefani she looks I don't know what's happening oh, with her I don't know <laughs> vampire facials we're just gonna say that totally. all right well amazing thank you so Great much stuff. and one more time where do we sign up for Reiki level one Okay, you can email me, amberastronauta at gmail.com. Perfect. Um, you can also check my website, amberastronauta.com. Yeah, or DM me or DM Amber on IG and we'll, we'll hook it up. You guys, thank you for letting me just talk through my experience and share all of this stuff. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah this is so awesome. Fun. As somebody who hasn't been around Reiki as much, I've known about it, but this was super fascinating to me. So thank you. Awesome. Good. Thank you.